otito nkinyerem kamnenyeha kahaweburotu dika anyonwanye siburotu The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one as we are one. <laughs> This is Jesus' prayer. And he stated clearly for whom he was praying. I do not pray for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word. Otito Dirigeso. On a sum, each every time, those who believe in me through their word, who are those people? Who are they? Who are they? Onua, Namua. Here we are meditating on that important prayer that Jesus said before he went into his passion, death, and resurrection. The prayer Jesus said as a priest, as a high priest, addressed to the Father. The last desire in his love, communion, oneness with the Father, he had to express his mind. Chapter 17 of John's Gospel. When Judas left, after he had washed the feet of the apostles, after Jesus had washed the feet of the apostles, Jesus began talking to the apostles. Jirungwayo, na akowanhe, ihe kachachayampa. The longest collection of the teachings or statements of Jesus and the Bible are contained in John's Gospel. Especially these last chapters before his passion. And after telling them some of these very heavy things, I am the true vine, you are my branches, remain in me so that you bear fruit. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can come to the Father except through me. You did not choose me, I chose you that you may be bear, go and bear fruits that will last. But you have to love one another as I have loved you. 
so that the world will know that you are my disciples. He knew after others that it wasn't going to be easy for him at the Passion and for the disciples after his death and for all of us until he comes again. After saying those heavy things, he prayed. John chapter 17 verse 1 says, After having said this, Jesus raised his eyes to heaven. This movement of the body is rather an expression of the spirit. Jesus knows that God is not up because God has no place. He is spirit. Now Jesus looked up to draw our attention that when we want to pray, we have to rise beyond the ordinary. Lift up our spirit, our heart, our thoughts, our life from trans transient things, immanent things to the transcendent, to what is above, above in the sense of being beyond the natural. Lift up your heart, lift up your spirit, rise from the distractions of the ordinary of this world for communion with the transcendent. So he raised his eyes to heaven to draw the attention of his apostles that our glory, our joy, everything that really means anything or lasts in our life, and not on this level, is beyond. First, Jesus prayed for himself. For the glory. Glorify your son. What type of glory? I am married that in John's gospel, Jesus' glory for his passion, death, and resurrection. Give me that glory which I had with you before the world began. And that glory is an expression of a word came several times in the gospel of today. Love. Ifunanya. 
And after having prayed on the basis of that love, he said, I pray for them also. They are going to suffer. They are going to be distracted. They are going to be tempted. They will be tempted, especially by their own personal desires and ambitions. They already showed it when I was with them. They will be tempted by fear. They will be tempted by history. As time passes, they may think that truth passes as well. Father, I pray for them. Consecrate them in your truth. And he thanked God. They were yours. You gave them to me. I thank you for that gift. But please, Father. I remember he told the apostles already as he was telling the Jews in John chapter 10. I will lose nothing of those that belong to me. All the sheep the Father has given to me. I will not lose any. Because... Nobody is stronger than my father who gave them to me. Jidenimunda. And after that, he comes to us. Not only for these people, I pray, but also for those who through their words, through their life, through their action, will come to believe in me. I pray for the, these people as well. That they, all of them, may be one as we are one. It is consoling for me. And it should be, I believe, for you. To think of the fact that Jesus, when he was going to die, was already praying for you and praying for me as Christians as those who will believe in him. Oh, And he prayed for us. This prayer is not in the past tense. On Thursday we celebrated the ascension. He rose and he ascended. And we say, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. What is he doing there? He who sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for us. What is your problem? Why don't you know why don't you believe? Why don't you feel it? That he is praying for you and for me. And you panic. And in the midst of the panic, you get into trouble. People will always think that once they believe in Jesus, they will... I tell you people, it's a lie. All your problems will disappear once you believe in Jesus. No. 
there will still be problems, there will still be difficulties, temptations. But he sees all that and is praying for you. Especially when it comes to the main thing about our faith, that is accepting that Jesus was sent by the Father for the redemption of the world so that in his name everybody will be saved through forgiveness of our sins. When you look at life, look at your church, look at your ministers, and you begin to doubt whether really there is salvation through Jesus in the community of believers, the church. Remember, he's interceding for you. But then I have a problem. My question is, Jesus himself told us several times in the New Testament, Testament, ask and you will receive. If you, are, if you obey God's commandments and you are one with me, anything you ask, the Father will give you. Okay. Okay. You, Jesus, you have prayed. You prayed that those who believe in you may be one. Now I'm asking all of you a question. All the believers in Christ today, are we one? That is my problem. Now I'm asking the question again. Is it possible that God the Son made a request to the Father in prayer and he refused to grant it? Or the possible if the father does not grant answer positively the request of his son how can we hope he will answer our own if he answered his prayer that we may be one, why are we not one? This question may not have one answer. But I find consolation somewhere. Something tells me that I'm even asking the question because I may not have understood Jesus' prayer. Because 
Now let's listen to this again. That they may be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us. That they may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. Jesus is praying that we may be one, as he and the Father are one. Now my question again is, is it clear really to us, did the apostles even know that Jesus and the Father are one? John chapter 14, verse 8. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we shall be satisfied. Verse 9. Have I been with you all this while, Philip, and you do not know me? Don't you know that to have seen me is to have seen the Father? Oh, Philip, Philip, Monegal no me magatunyam boikana chon namega humamam. Now the issue is it is possible that just as it is difficult for us as human beings to perceive the oneness of Jesus, God the Son, and, Jesus, and God the Father, it is difficult for us as human beings to perceive that oneness. So also it may be difficult for us to see the oneness of the believers in Jesus. We see only what makes us different. Or the possible that there is a oneness in us that Jesus sees and we are not seeing it. And that oneness continues to grow. Manya maga. Angwerika anya maga. Na ine so-called Protestants and Pentecostals, all forms of Christians, because we are disagreeing on so many things, because our uniforms are different, because of our, our way of prayer is different, our ways of prayer are different. Maybe because of that, we are not seeing a unity that Jesus sees in us. I was telling Father Paulinus this morning, don't worry, Very often, the matter who mom, hey, as me, bungwanonya, yes, why? And it happens often. People will tell you, 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 are, you resemble your sister, you resemble your brother, you and your brother, just one drop of water, you are the same. But you, two of you, don't see anything in common. If outsiders can notice the similarity between brothers and sisters, siblings, which they themselves don't notice. Do you think that a father or a mother 
don't see the similarity between their children even when they look different they see it I know one man who recognizes all his children at birth. Why I'm saying this, Christians should be encouraged. Christ prayed for us, he's still praying for us. We may not be as united as we would want to, and that is an assignment for all of us. To keep removing these things that make us look different, or that even divide us, really. But we should not lose hope about our unity. One, outsiders may see our unity. Which is why one Christian commits one fault, one part of the world, and another Christian of another denomination is persecuted in another part of the world. How do you explain it? For those people, all of you Christians are one. If others see us as one, and if Jesus sees us as one, let us see one another as united. Because it is not just about the fact, it is also about the impression and the knowledge of the fact. I'm very united in truth, and we are walking against one another. This fight among us is a scandal but also is a weakness. Truth, love. These are the two principles around which we can unite, and we are united. If you are a Catholic church, for instance, but we are so different in the way we do things. Even though we are under one head, Jesus, and in the world, the Holy Father, the Pope. But there are so many things that unite us. Because the prayers said in all the Catholic churches in the world today, the same. The readings in all the churches in the world today, the same. The same. The Eucharist, baptism, and other sacraments for the entire church, they are the same. Without your knowing it, many other non Catholics, or they call us Roman Catholics, they say they are Catholics but not under Rome. But often they show they are under Rome because they have love for the Pope 
as a leader in the unity of charity. The problem is when we talk of unity of power. But in this recognition of the Pope as a leader in charity, in unity in charity, many of them use our lectionary, common lectionary that we have arranged for the readings on Sunday. You hear it in so many churches that are not Catholic today. Because we are one in the truth in which Jesus has consecrated us, even when we are not always seeing it. Again, let us also know that we are united with all those who believe in Christ in their heart. The fourth Eucharistic prayer says, No wherein the Jesu Chuku Chuku Marubia. Those who seek God in clear conscience and with good will, only God knows their fate. And Jesus said, John chapter 14, verse 16. I have a uh, chapter 10, verse 16. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold, and I will also lead them so that there will be only one flock and one shepherd. Which is the motto of our diocese. One flock, one shepherd. We may be more united than you think. Because we have a common faith. We have a common heritage. We have a common hope. Our hope, because our hope is not of this world. It is of the world beyond. But even beyond that, we are also one, united as human beings. When Stephen was being killed today, in the reading of today, he prayed for those killing him because he recognized their common humanity with him. That faith in their common humanity, in spite of their wickedness and ignorance, made him pray for them. And that prayer helped Saul, who became Paul, who was there. Our common humanity. What, is the, what was the color of the blood of Stephen? Red. The color of the blood of Saul, red. The color of the blood of the Jews, red. The color of the blood of Christians, red. The color of the blood of Muslims, red. The color of the blood of those who don't believe in anything, red. That common redness of our common blood points to our common humanity and that points to the sacredness of each one of us, of every life. Why don't we value what unites us? And share it. You keep sharing in what unites us. That is what communication is all about. You spread it. And the Pope emphasizes 
that now for us to communicate, we have to learn to listen. We are no longer listening. And he says we listen with our heart, not just with our ears. Because we are going to hear the gongpa. We are going to hear the gongpa. And we are going to send the text message. He is saying, uh -huh, uh -huh, yes, yes, yes. But he's sending a text message. He's chatting online. No, he's not listening with the heart. He may be hearing you, but he's not listening. And sometimes it is not even ear, heart alone. Every part of our body can be used in listening. There is a funny story. Very funny story about a boy and a girl. This boy and this girl, they have been admiring one another. So after some time, they became close and they were frequenting very pious people, members of the Sion. So they didn't want to do anything that the church law and God's commandment would not permit. But at a point, the boy felt a courage, wanted to ask the girl for permission to kiss her, to give her a kiss. So he said, Ngo, can I kiss you? The girl banked silence. He raised his voice a little. Ngo, can I kiss you? Silence. The third time, he didn't want to shout, Hey, babe, can I kiss you? The girl didn't answer anything. So the boy got angry and said, My friend, are you deaf? The girl answered him, Are you blind? You should have seen my answer from my eyes. Oh, to tell the so. How because I saw no. Veja and we, I don't see Veja and we here. Eja and ya, a Megana, and we here. No, re, re, bazo, jeso, yaron, naya. Sound. Jesus prays for us. Let us be courageous and continue to promote unity because of our common faith, common love, common humanity.